A Peruvian bear goes to jail. An ex-police officer is ensnared in a cat-and-mouse game on Metro North. An unethical cop tries to infiltrate an armed robbery ring. Two assistants play matchmaker for their boss. A new friend's request turns into much more. A teenager gets involved with the Detroit drug scene, this time on a very special the Oscar should have gone to, Craig's 2018 movie rankings so far. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to, I mean, probably none of these movies we're going to talk about. Oh, hi. Okay. So hello. So here's what we're doing. Um, so usually we put out one of these once every couple of weeks and Megan is in Spain right now. Um, so you could go rob her home if you wanted to, if you know where she lives. Um, also, uh, but that just seemed, you know, we have so many really devoted fans that um, I didn't want you to have to go that long without at least hearing my voice. Um, so this is a special bonus episode where I'm going to go through my rankings of the 82 2018 theatrical releases that I've seen. Uh, but it seems like that's going to be boring no matter what. So to make it slightly less boring... I brought back our uh, most popular guest by listens. Um, he was on our second episode when we did 2002. Joe Gillette is with me. Wow. What an introduction. There you go. I'm thrilled to be here again. Um, the, really, it was the audience that brought me back. Yes. They clamored for it. Yeah. Numbers don't lie. Nope. No, 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 no. Um, so basically, the main reason uh, I chose... Joe, other than obviously him being our most popular guest mm-hmm. and his sparkling wit and personality, sure, um, is Joe also sees a lot of movies uh, in theaters. So I figured that probably at least half of these movies that I'll go through, he'll have something to say about. Um, so I like uh, I've seen eighty-two movies, like I said. So we're going to start at eighty-two, and we'll just work our way up. We'll spend maybe very brief amounts of time on certain things. Maybe slightly longer on other things, but you know, we're this is we're not going to be here for for eighty two hours. Okay, no. we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about uh, each movie for an hour. Some of the things I'll probably just say, and that's the movie there. Um, so my number eighty two movie, and this really pains me, was A Wrinkle in Time. Uh huh. Did you see A Wrinkle in Time? No. Listen. I love Ava DuVernay. Yeah. Selma was my favorite movie of that year. Great movie. Um, this movie just was not. Good. That's I what I heard. Think. It was boring to me. Didn't engage me at all, and I was really hyped for it. Mm-hmm. So, I apologized to Oprah. Um, I apologized to Mindy Kaling. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, now I haven't seen it. Right. I talked to folks I trust who have seen it. Yeah. And um, it was one of those where there were other movies out at the time that that grabbed me. Uh-huh. Um, but I was sad for it because I definitely wanted it to be good. I'm also a fan of hers, and uh, and I thought it seemed, you know, the trailer seemed like it could be a good time, but... Just didn't work. Didn't work. Sorry to hear um, that. So hopefully something will come along that uh, I like less because I hate having, yeah. having Oprah and Ava in that spot. Yeah. Um, number 81. 
The Party. Um, this was a, a British film. Seemed like it'd be right up my alley. Patricia Clarkson, Kristen Scott Thomas. Oh, sure. Um, it just wasn't good. The black and white one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the only thing good I can say about it was only like an hour and 20 minutes long. Was it like kind of like a play? It was, but not even a good play. But yeah. like I saw the trailer and saw the cast and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. Like a Who dark the comedy. in that movie? It's, um, uh, uh, what's his name who plays... Um, in Harry Potter, and he's also in Sweeney Todd. Oh, um, uh, Timothy Spall. Yes, um, that's right. Among he's others, a, yes. but and yeah. there's a younger guy. Yes, um, I don't have whose any, name is escaping me right now. But we have computer handheld computers. Yes, we, should, we, we actually talked about um, Joe and I just saw a movie, and we'll talk about that a little bit when we get there. Yeah, um, but. Uh, we we have been using screen time today, and we found out that Joe, if he stays the way he's been, mm-hmm. will spend um, 53 days out of the year on social media. Real tough realization. Yeah. It was, Killian uh, Murphy. Oh, that's right. Great cast. Emily Mortimer, Cherry Jones. Yeah, really good cast. They liked the script. Yeah, they, they did. S- they, they liked the script. They thought it would be fun and simple. They'd come off with some bigger films. Yeah, you know, they had fun doing it. That's yeah, what's important. and that's important. Yeah. Um, so coming in at number 80, I have Pacific Rim Uprising. Also another one I <laughs> seem to have missed. <laughs> um, for Pacific Rim, I actually saw with Megan and Maddie going into my 30th birthday. Uh, I, we went into the movie. It was like a 1045 show, so I turned 30 at Pacific Rim. It's fun enough. Pacific Rim Uprising, not fun, not good. Don't suggest it. Uh, 79, I have Hotel Artemis. Um, which seemed like a really good idea because it seemed like it was going to be just the hotel part of John Wick, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. It's not. They botched it. They blew it. That's also what I heard, and I was, I was worried about that. Um, I just love, and I love Jeff Goldblum, and I usually don't yeah. miss a performance. I'm sure well, that's a movie I'll catch. Yeah. It'll you know, be on when HBO a hundred times. But, yeah. uh, but it really came and went, and then it was just a funny title in my mind of mm-hmm. a movie that would be like um, someone's favorite movie. Like I was just thinking like what if 10 years from now someone's like, have you guys seen Hotel Artemis? <laughs> you know you know what's underrated? Hotel <laughs> Artemis. I just love it so much. Um, 78, I have Den of Thieves. Oh, I missed that one too. Yeah. Um, so Den of Thieves, it's sort of like this mashup of Heat yeah. and The Usual Suspects and Training Day. And I was like, I mean, it really takes a lot of tropes from all those movies. And I found out the screenplay was written like 12 years ago or something like that. And I was like, Perfect. oh, they, they just wrote it when all those movies were popular. And then they just um, made Except it. then they cast um, Pablo Schreiber and Gerard Butler instead of Denzel Washington in it. So, wow. Yeah. Um, 77, The Commuter. Also passed. Uh, Liam Neeson on a train. That's basically all you need to know. It's just like every other yeah. not great Liam like Neeson movie recently. He on a plane. Yeah. yeah, he's really just trying to cover Doing all modes all, of transportation. Yeah. I would love it. I would love to see him on a like a transport bus. I think a boat. Yeah, he should do a boat. You know, sort of like they could do a, a, a another take on what they what they attempted with speed 2 cruise control they should do a ship and a boat maybe in the same movie mm. or maybe that's two separate movies maybe he starts on a ship and then he's in a boat yeah. maybe he's on a submarine i have a pitch for um, liam neeson go for it okay i'll be liam neeson okay, <laughs> okay. um so what's his uh, okay so 
it's it's present day, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's he got his daughter back, and he uh, got got rid of all the bad guys. Yeah, but the one thing that he can't find is love. Oh, because everyone his age seems to be in a relationship taken for. So it's sort of um, it's sort of like taken meets love actually. We're looking exactly for a middle right. ground. That's exactly okay. right. But you get the play on the word taken. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I love it. Great. Um, Brian Mills is his character name, right? Yeah. Brian Mills, Something yes. like that. Brian yeah. Mills is, uh, yeah. Yeah, then you end with <laughs> Brian taken. Mills yeah. is looking for love. <laughs> yeah. But everyone's taken, taken for. Maybe he ends up with like an Armenian girl or it's it's like a connection to like someone that he killed. It's like the... Ooh, see, there's, Sister I mean, that's of, honestly, now we're talking about something that would actually get greenlit. Yeah, now it's getting a little Romeo and Juliet. She does get married at yeah. the top, but she's not who she says she is. Right. It's, and then it, so it's like, Taken meets Love actually meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That's right. I love it. Write it up. It's ready to go. Um, 76, 12 strong. <laughs> this was, this the, was another film that this I. This was the story of the <laughs> Afghani horse soldiers, uh, the U.S. sword. Uh, I mean, it basically every January now we get this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, we got 13 hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I fell asleep during that. Yeah. Um, 75, I watched this movie on a plane. Book club. I also, uh, I missed that one. Um, charming. Nice to see all these actresses. I particularly liked a lot of them were, uh, their paramours were younger men. Um, not crazy younger, but uh, slightly younger. Um, but it was just fine. Yeah. 74, Skyscraper. Wow. We're really on a roll here with <laughs> movies I have not seen, which is really saying something. Yeah. Because they're all your lowest ranked yes. films. Yeah, you did a good job picking them. I did have. I did mean to see Skyscraper because... Um, because The Rock. I'm a big Nev Campbell fan. Oh, yeah. I love Nev Campbell. She's good in it. It's good to see Nev in is. something, you know? Yeah, I'll see. I'll catch you on TV. Um, by the way, if you hear purring or anything, we do have one One of uh, my cats just running around. The other two got locked up because they kept chewing on the microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, skyscraper was, it was fine. We're kind of in a fine stage right now. That got all that, remember that, I mean, got that backlash. Yeah. And then he came out. And, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, sort of, he made sense of it. I thought uh, he did a good job. I'll tell you, his prosthetic is the best prosthetic really? anyone's ever had. The f- things that happen with that prosthetic yeah. that it holds up to, really impressive. Uh, 73, I actually think you saw this one, Tomb Raider. I did see Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw Tomb Raider. Um, you know what? I was let down. Yeah, I was let down, and I knew I was going to be. Yeah. Because the trailer just didn't look great. No. And you've got um, Alicia Vikander Mm -hmm. coming off of Ex Machina. Yeah, Ex Machina, Academy Award. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, uh, what was the other one? Uh, uh, After Ex Machina. You've got the, um, with Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. what is that movie called? Oh, wow, that one really came away. Wait, she is won an Academy Award for is it. Is there something about a lady in it? Um, I can't remember the name of it. This is, this uh, is really embarrassing yeah, for this an is Oscar podcast. But, um, and, at any rate, while you look that up. Um, the Danish Girl. Of course, yes. The Danish Girl. Um, 
so then she does, you know, this often happens where you've got someone who's hot mm-hmm. and they're coming off of some awards type of films. Yeah. And then studios are, are I'm sure, are sending them different properties and saying, like, what about this and what about this? Right. And, and, like, you know, playing Lara Croft suits her. She's, yep. like, she's a great actor. Uh-huh. She's, um, you know, she's, like... I could I could picture her doing some action stuff and yeah. um and then the trailer came out and it was like basically you lose me in the trailer in 2018 when you have a slow motion shot of someone jumping a long distance. Sure. It's not unlike the skyscraper moment. Right. It's just like we've seen it a million times yes. and in 98% of the time it's an it's an impossible leap. Yes. Both literally and figuratively. Yes. So I just think, like, find something new, you yeah. know? And then you've got, is the fella's name Walton Goggins? Walton Goggins from Man, Justified. He really works nonstop yes. and just plays that guy. Yeah, he's just that guy. Um, I love Walton Goggins. I do, too. Uh, I won't fault him for being that guy. No, he's, um, he's amazing in The Shield. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in this, I don't know, wasn't quite right. Uh not a great, not a great film. Doesn't feel like we're going to have many more Tomb Raiders. They very much tried to set up a sequel at the end, uh, which of course they would because it's it's a hot IP. Yeah, um, it did. I could. Yeah. I don't know how much it made foreign. I feel like that could maybe push it into a sequel, but she's probably got to have a pretty ironclad contract to do another one. Yeah, yeah. I would think her agents are trying to get her out of that. Yeah, it would have felt. I think it. Would have felt like a bit of a misfire on um, If you're noticing a trend at number 72, I have uh, the other rock summer movie, Rampage. Didn't see it. Liked it a little bit more than Skyscraper uh, because of the giant monsters, but it's basically the same thing. Okay. Um, the next two movies I have kind of, actually, I have a lot of things that are kind of, when I go back and have to rank these, I'm like, what did that movie remind me of? Did I like it better? Is it basically the same thing? So at 71, I have this movie, Final Portrait which was Jeffrey Rush playing this Italian, I believe he's Italian, painter, and Army Hammers playing this American journalist who goes and gets stuck there for a long time getting painted by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, at 70, I have Borg versus McEnroe, which mm. would have been probably more interesting in this documentary. That is on my um, Hulu queue. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it. Yeah. Big Shia LaBeouf fan. Yeah, it's... Again, not bad, not yeah. bad performances. Just, just didn't um, really. Kind of talked about this before. There's certain movies that you see that you don't regret seeing, but you'll never watch again. And mm-hmm. that's it for me. Okay. Um, at number sixty nine, I have to all the boys I've loved before. Okay, so we are counting streaming yes. films that are that were released in twenty eighteen. Yes. Okay. Wow, that's low. Yeah, I okay, think that's so low for a lot of people. It's but it's worth mentioning just you know for all. The, you listening who might be wondering, like, again, reminding you that this is Craig's ranking. Yes. I this, haven't even tried to rank right. the films this that i probably watched. would be, like, number four for Joe. It would be, yeah, it would be top five. No. <laughs> yeah. um, I I don't know where I would put that. I, I might have to have, a, like, in a separate category because it's just so hard for me to rank things. I'm finding it's a problem in my life. But maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I I thought it was a delight Good. I thought it was a delight. I thought, um, you know, the the premise I actually thought was was sort of fresh and cute. Uh-huh. 
It's like, yeah, release those letters yeah. out there and let's get this thing cranking, you right. know? Um, I haven't seen that other one. Or maybe are you going to mention That's that That's actually number 68, so we can bring it in and set it up, okay. which is the other um, one. Oh, wait, no, I saw no, set, it set it up. set it up. You're talking about... Sierra um, Burgess. Sierra Burgess, which I have not seen. Okay, either. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. We go, let's wait for set it up. Okay. I have thoughts about set it up. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was cute. Okay, yeah. I didn't find it that cute. I wanted to like it more. I kind of went in post-hype. We mm. watched it, my wife and I watched it maybe a week after it came out. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's Netflix, so everybody else in the world had already watched it. And uh, I was just expecting more. Didn't understand why her sister was, like, 15 years older than her, but was actually only three years older than her. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking about the older sister? Yes. Uh-huh. Didn't really understand the... Um, how the family dynamic worked. Mm-hmm. Um, found all that a little confusing. Were you um, charmed? Uh, what, what fella did you want her to end up with? Were you a Peter Kavinsky guy? Or were you a next-door neighbor guy? Um, you know what? I honestly have not thought even twice about it since the movie ended. Okay. How about you, though? Uh, I think I like the guy who shows up at the end. Yeah. I am wanted to see what happens there. Now, I will say the younger sister... Tremendous performer. Great. Really yeah. funny. Um, genuinely, like, a very, very, very fun performance. Very, like, a Chloe Moretz in 500 Days of Summer. Yeah, like a precociousness that can't be taught. Right. You can't, you can't act that. Yes. She's just, like, she's, uh, she's, she's a smart cookie. Yeah. Um, so then I have Set It Up at 68. I okay. feel like these are grouped together. I like Set It Up a little bit more. Um, again, wasn't as charmed by it as I feel like most people are. Yeah. Love Zoe Deutsch. Love. Love, um, love Glenn. Powell. Powell. Like them both. Love Lucy Liu and love, love, love Lucy Tay Diggs. Uh, but the movie, I don't know, just didn't work for it. Love Nick Cafaro. Uh, he's not going to listen to this, but a good friend of mine uh, has a couple scenes in this movie. Oh, I'm jealous of that. Yeah. Um, you know, this movie came out and it got some, it got some buzz um, on the internet via, I feel like what started as a tweet from Chrissy Teigen, mm-hmm. where she was like, where are all the what, rom-coms? Yeah, what doesn't get buzz from Chrissy Teigen? Right, though? I mean, she's essentially, yeah, she's really the touchstone yeah. for the zeitgeist. Yeah, she really cult- is. Culturally. Yeah. And so she was like, where are all the rom-coms at? And then Set It Up came out not too long after that, and a lot of people were sort of using that as promotion. Like, here's a rom-com, and yeah. like... And, and I think it was um, for a straight-to-Netflix type of a thing. I yeah. thought it was fun. Um, I also really like um, Zoe Deutsch a lot, and I've been a long-time Lucy Liu fan. Uh, I think it just felt a little, if I'm going to be hypercritical, like um, I never fully bought... Zoe and Glenn. I agree. And I think I, I think maybe you two, you and I are alone on that island. Like well, I feel like everyone like seems to like I never saw any sort of like build in a relationship between the two. There, of them. there was. I knew like even wasn't. from the start that's where it obviously sure, was going. Of course, yeah. But yeah, it never felt. Yeah, I and they're both very charming. They're both both very charming, and I know that they're friends in real life. Yeah, and they have so they have a real chemistry. But I felt like the movie um, didn't allow for enough... T- there wasn't enough time of just them. It's like we get that really cute pizza scene, yeah. Poe's party, but it's like I needed like three more of those scenes. Yeah. Um, when they kiss at the end, I just it didn't feel 
like earned, I guess. I don't know. I agree. Um, if you guys want to see, a, uh, I would suggest everybody wants some if you want a better movie that Glenn Powell and Zoe Deutsch are Yeah, both highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, at 67, I have The Meg. Didn't see it. Um, was it fun to see on like a big screen? Was it a, a fun time? It was time? fun. It was, I think what was interesting about The Meg, it was so clearly made, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with this, for an international audience. Mm. Like if this movie was made 10 years ago, like Jennifer Love Hewitt is playing the uh-huh. scientist, the biologist, daughter of, you know, that's Who, played by... Who's the lead? Who's Jason Satham if it's, if it's 10 to 15 years ago? Oh, um, I guess... Ten years ago, Vin Diesel, maybe Vin, maybe Paul Walker. Uh huh. Feels more okay. Ooh, ooh. What about? Uh, I don't know. That's going too deep. I was thinking about like that movie, Deep Blue Sea. Uh huh. Thomas Jane. Yeah. It he, could be like a, a Thomas moment. Jane role. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, it probably would have to be. A, they probably would need a bigger name. I feel like you okay. can float a little. Maybe a little Paul Walker at the time. Maybe even like uh, um, when he was doing like Walking Tall and stuff, Sean. Oh, Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. Yeah, maybe. that would have been an interesting yeah. choice. Okay. Um, 66, The Spy Who Dumped Me. Oh, boy. Just really wanted to like it. Me too. Um, and I just thought it was a little jumbled. You know what I had a big problem with? What's that? Was I'm all for R-rated comedies. Yes. We don't get enough of them. Yeah. Um, because what I think of when I think of an R-rated comedy is like anything goes. Yeah. Like there's not going to be something that's off limits, right. whether it's like, you know, square words or a violent moment yeah. or something sexual, whatever it is. Right. You can go for it. And uh, this movie, I think, I think was a little tone deaf uh-huh. um, because I thought that the use of brutal R-rated violence mm-hmm. didn't work with the comedy yes. aspect. And it sort of glorified it in a way that I just don't think audiences are, are wanting to see right now. I agree. Sure. Um, it also felt like, and I'll actually talk, uh, there's a movie coming up that I felt similarly about. I felt like it was written and then they had to add some stuff that didn't really work with the characters when Kate McKinnon came on board. Yeah. Like, there's stuff that it just feels like, and now I'm giving you this line because you're slightly goofier than yeah. what we originally thought of for the role. Yeah. Um, and which, it, obviously, you're always going to tailor to who you end up casting, but it it felt a little shoehorned in. I agree. And the, it just didn't, it didn't really make a ton of sense. No. Like the reveals at the end. And yeah. It just felt strangely cobbled together. Yes. Um, next movie I have, and we won't do much spoiler on, we won't do many spoilers on any of these because they all came out this year. But uh, this one particularly has only been out for about a week, and that's The Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, you saw The Predator, right? I saw it very recently. Yeah. yeah. I, um... I just felt like it didn't hold together at all. I was having fun at first, and then it totally falls apart in the third act. Um, there's a major character in it that I don't know what happens to. I sort of looked it up on the internet, and they're, they were like, this is what happens to him. And I was like, oh, okay. but I can't even... I, I, I wish I even knew who you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, we can talk about it off podcast because okay. I don't want to spoil it. But uh, it was literally like I walked out, and there were two guys talking about how the movie didn't make any sense at the end. And then I was like, what happened to this character? And they were like, oh, I don't know. What happened to him? 
Yeah, that movie, um, again, I heard it was a good time. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I, I'm a fan of the original. Yeah. And I thought, okay, this will be interesting. It'll be, again, like, you know, you're going to get some brutal violence. Yeah. But in this case, it's like your game for it. Yeah. And and I think that where they where they missed the mark was like way too many characters uh-huh. trying to give everyone a moment. Yeah. And then again, too much comedy. Yes. You have to be so careful with your casting of the Keegan Michael Keys. Yeah. And the Kate McKinnons of the world. It's like, what are you? Are you just trying to let them do their thing and whatever the movie is, the movie is? Right. Or are you using them for a certain skill set and then, but still making sure that the tone of your movie is intact? Sure. And I just felt like it got campy and, and it also just felt like a complete um, underuse slash misuse of Olivia Munn. Mm-hmm. Um, and even her, I felt like they tried to like, there were these comedy moments for her that I was like, why is that like right now when like yes. the super predators about to kill them? We're gonna throw in like a exactly. couple gag lines. Yeah, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, um, sixty four, Red Sparrow. Uh huh. Did you see Red Sparrow? Oh yeah. So here's my thought about Red Sparrow. Um, the first thirty five minutes, I thought it was maybe the worst film I'd ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> And then by the end, I was like, no, oh, that's an okay spy thriller. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was truly terrible at the beginning of the movie. I couldn't quite figure out what the production company had on some of these famed older actors to get them to appear in it. Like, how did we get Academy Award winner Jeremy Irons to come on and do three scenes in this movie? Um, yeah. I think it was... I think you get those people in the movie because it's Francis Lawrence and Jennifer sure. Lawrence. Right. Um, the Lawrences. The Lawrences. Yeah. Of Hunger Games fan. <laughs> yeah. And um, I didn't think it was the worst piece of trash I'd ever seen for the first 35 minutes. I actually liked the um, the, bath, the the scene where she comes upon her her sort of nemesis and, and like, her yeah, beats bo- them boyfriend. In the Wasn't yeah. it her boyfriend? Yes. Um, that scene I liked and I thought was kind of like brutal and whoa cool and um but yeah i'm with you i mean towards the end of it i thought um i was happy to have watched it because i thought this is a movie that doesn't get made anymore yeah um, some really brutal scenes in this movie. yes yes some very difficult things to yeah watch. and i just i like a political sort of spy thriller and yeah. that movie kind of that version of that movie went away in the late 90s yeah and uh, now it would have to have way more going on to, right. to just be sort of like an adult R-rated movie. Yeah. Also, um, and I love her usually, but not really sure um, what movie Mary Louise Parker was in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> just wasted the whole yeah. time, too. Very strange. Yeah. Um, 63, I have a little indie called Flower. Also I starring Flower. Zoe I wanted Deutsch. to see Flower. Yeah. Um, so don't spoil it for me. I won't spoil it. I'll just say that uh, it was fine. And that was directed by Max Winkler, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Um, who is now, um, he's just, he's working his way up and he's going to be directing more and more films. Yeah. So um, some, some interesting scenes and some honestly just not interesting scenes. Mm-hmm. Just a mixture, a mixed bag. Did you enjoy Zoe's performance in she it? She was good. Okay. Yeah. Um, no one was bad in it. Yeah. Again, um, just wasn't your favorite. No, just wasn't my favorite. Um, 
the Adam Scott's character is very, it's a, it's weird. Okay. And not his performance. It's just what they do with the character. Okay. I think. Uh, 62, I have tag. Didn't see tag. Um, this weird mixture of this, like, very straightforward, like, early summer comedy, like, mm-hmm. what you'd expect. And then a couple of really dark jokes thrown in that felt very, it was like, I don't know what movie I'm at now. Um, I don't mind the darkness, but it didn't seem to fit in in the world. Is it spoilery to give us an example? There's this whole bit about uh, a miscarriage. Ooh. Yeah, you're <laughs> lost. You've lost me. Yeah. So uh, that just is out of touch with the rest of the movie. Okay. And then at the end, it kind of tries to make it more, you know, bring in the real life and make it feel goody. Uh-huh. Um, and that's did, based on a true story. Mm-hmm. About some fellas that, that kept a tag going kept for going, years. Kept playing that tag. Yeah. Do they ever move on? Um, you'll have to find out. Uh, Not really. No, okay. they don't really move on. Um, 61, I have I Feel Pretty, which is the movie I was talking about in relation to The Spy Who Dumped Me. Similar, like, half that movie feels very much just, like, girl power. Um, embrace yourself. And then there's, you know, just this stuff thrown in. It's because, because Amy Schumer is the lead. Mm. Um, so, you know, we'll have a movie that, for a lot of it, it feels like, oh, if this was... Six years ago, this is a Sarah Jessica Parker vehicle. And then Amy Schumer talking about how, to the, like, hot guy that she has diarrhea. It's like, well, this, doesn't, right. this wouldn't be the line if it wasn't Amy Schumer in this movie. Right. Yeah, um, I see what you're saying. So it's just like, I'm not sure. Although, if I'm comparing that movie to something like The Spy Who Dumped Me, I felt like I feel pretty had such a, you know like late 90s early 2000s yeah clear pov right um romantic comedy with a sort of high concept premise yeah um and i th- i thought it had some quality laughs yeah me too um i felt like it was the second movie of hers in a row um along with snatched that i just felt like tonally half snatched i thought was a very did you see it? No. The first half of the movie is very different from the second half of okay. the movie. The second half of Snatch becomes this, like, almost this oddball, um, almost wet, hot American summer-esque mm. things that are happening in the movie. Whereas the first one's very much just, like, mother-daughter comedy. Right. So, but I felt like this, too, there were just, like, some tonal shifts. Yeah, for sure. Like, it was strange for me. For sure. Um, at number 60, I have Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. That's way down there. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought it was enjoyable enough, but not as enjoyable as I wanted to wanted it to be. And this is coming from someone who has not read the book, so I'm not even going to it to the book. Um, I can imagine the book is probably great. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't very pulled in by, um, what's his name, the lead? Um, his name is... Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan, who um, people like. People love Ty Sheridan. They he liked works all in, the time. They liked him in all those other movies. Yeah. Um, I he, liked Ready Player One. Yeah. For me, he just wasn't strong enough to hang the movie on, I guess. I would agree with you. My only, if I'm going to throw Ty Sheridan a bone, yeah. it would be like, he just had nothing to do. Yeah. 
He literally had nothing to do. He was such a blank slate for everyone to just bounce off of. Yeah. Um, Although I didn't think Olivia Cook had a ton to do, and I liked her in the movie. That's true. I did too, but I feel like she gets to be, like, charming at least. Sure. And he's just literally, like, kind of like, I don't know, I guess. Like, everything is just, like, he's yeah. just earnest, I right. guess. Um, ben Mendelsohn got a whole new set of teeth for that movie, which it was just a little bit distracting for me, but I'm happy for him. Um, and do you think, do you think uh, in Hollywood now, if you have a villain role, like it's contractually obligated, you have to go to Ben Mendelsohn first? I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't mind it. No. I like him. Yeah, but. I think you got to touch base with Ben, yeah. see what he's up to, what his schedule's like. I want to see this uh, Nicole Holofsner movie that's on too. Netflix that... I think because he doesn't play a villain in it. Yeah. I was interested to see him not play a villain. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it. Um, you know, it was interesting to see him in, in I mean, obviously you've, you've got uh, Star Wars uh, uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. but where he's, a, you know, a little sort of buttoned up villain there. But Ready Player One, it's it's more of that too. Versus yeah. like I'm used to seeing him as kind of like a little more drunk and unhinged and right. like you never know when he's going to explode but um i I will say i i actually when i saw the trailer for ready player one having not read the book i was like oh this is going to be just like cgi porn and like i'm not here for it right but then um when i saw it i actually had a good time and i like some of the sort of i like the pop culture references in it. i really like i didn't care for the zombie stuff and i know this is a big sticking point for anyone who's read the book because it's not in the book Mm -hmm. i actually really like the shining scene i did too um, I did too, but I know everybody that read the book hates that. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the one thing about the the luxury of not reading the book is uh, you're not sort of wanting to um, kill yourself the whole time with all the things that are missing or added. Right, and I, I, and from the times I have been like a huge fan of a book, it's hard for me to enjoy the movie. Right. Like I, I kind of can't. Yeah, because I just like I, I'm that annoying person that afterwards it's like well that's not even in there and like this part is and it's like well yeah in a book you guys guess what you could spend a whole chapter describing what you see in a movie for four seconds right so it's just completely different which is why you know we always hear about game of thrones like yeah of course oh well they don't even really go into the food and yeah we get it george r r martin loves food (laughs) you know what maybe you didn't write about food so much he would have finished the rest (laughs) of the series all right guys um at 59, and you're, uh, I have Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Okay. I, I mean, the movie's not good. It's not. It's not good, but I, I still enjoyed certain parts of it. Well, it was better than the last one, I think. I thought it was better than the last one. I will say, I think it's, I, I think I've actually said this on the pod before. Um, James, what's his name who plays Grandpa? Oh, uh, uh, James Cromwell? Yeah, I think it's James Cromwell's very worst performance. It is. Is he trying to do a dialect? I don't know. I think because he's supposed to be British, right? Is um, he supposed to be the brother of? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I honestly thought when he first started that we were going to find that like everything was so stilted because he was like the big bad. Yeah. Um, and that's not what it turns out to be at all. If, um, you, if you're a Jurassic Park fan... Now, and I, if you're not, just turn off movies. Yeah. Like, why are you watching why, movies? Yeah, exactly. Um, Jurassic Park, the original, happens to be my favorite movie of all time. Um, I so I'm really uh, I you know we I could do a whole eight podcasts yeah. 
about the series of yeah. films and the and the unraveling. But um, but if, if if you've seen Fallen Kingdom and you feel like you know it wasn't the best, uh, I I highly recommend watching the honest trailer of the film. It's spot on. Yeah. It just shows you how ridiculous it is. Now, I will say that the end of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom and what it sets up for a po- sure. for the next movie, now we're getting into some interesting territory. Now we might be shown something that we haven't seen before since the first film. Because every movie, the first one included, but... Lost World, Three, and then uh, World, and now Funkin. Yeah. They've all been about, like, saving the dinosaurs and containing the dinosaurs. So it's like someone wants to save them and someone wants to contain them or someone wants to sell them and someone wants to kill them. But it's essentially like get these people out of here alive and keep the dinosaurs on the island. Yes. Well, now we could possibly see something like what happens if... Those premises are gone. Right. Premises? Yeah. Um, I have a pitch for you for a movie. Pitch it. Okay. Um, it's, like a, it's like a college party okay. comedy. Okay. Uh, maybe high school even. Maybe it's like a um, can't hardly wait. Okay. Okay. Whole movie, rich kid, one of the rich kids at school. It's probably like a, like a prep school environment, but mm-hmm. you know, we have other kids from like outside that aren't as wealthy. Whole thing's just like high school party movie. It's like this big manner. Yep. End of the movie, the whole thing's just been like a big high school party movie. A raptor comes in and just like tears two kids apart. It's just an expanded universe movie where we see what happens to like, like Blue like has escaped from this manor and this is all happening at the same time. Yep. It's just up the road. I can picture it and I think it's going to happen. It just feels like it's like a Cloverfield-esque. I was going to say that. Yeah. That's not, that's very, very much within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, I could imagine them doing a movie where it's fully a, um, it's sort of like the big short. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, you know, uh, this, uh, like the stock market. Yeah. And uh, the housing market and the whole movie. It's just these guys talking dollars and cents. Right. And then right at the end, um, a brontosaurus stampedes like through sticks its head in New York like, City. Yeah, yeah, and but they become friends with the. It's sort of like it's we're like back. D- a dinosaur story. Oh, I was thinking like Dino the Last Dinosaur meets same, same kind of thing. Yeah, meets Wall Street. Same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think these are both good ideas. Uh, Fifty-eight. I have Madeline's Madeline. No idea what that is. It, uh, like, half this movie I uh, really appreciated and found really interesting. Half of it I really disliked. It's about this high school girl that's in this acting class that is run by... Guys, I'm not good with names today. Who's in it? Molly Parker. Uh Uh-huh. Plays the acting teacher. And Miranda July plays her mother. Okay. And this girl uh, basically has been in and out... Has been in psychiatric care at a certain point. Um... And basically, they're building this piece, and it gets more and more wrapped up in her life. Um, it's interesting, but I don't think I could recommend it to anyone because, again, um, parts of it I liked and parts of it I did not. Okay. Um, 57, I have Papillon. 
Didn't the remake uh, starring Charlie Hunnam and Rami and Rami Malek. Um, I have not seen the original. Me neither. Which I'm sure is better than this. Um, it's an interesting story. Charlie Hunnam is not our best actor. Interesting that you say that. Um, I like Charlie Hunnam. I think he... Uh, almost every movie I've seen with him in the lead, mm-hmm. I think would is a good movie that would have been a great movie if it wasn't him. Like, I talk about it with The Lost City of Z, if, like, Tom Hiddleston played that role. Um, I think that's a great movie. Instead, I think it's a very well-directed and very good movie that suffers. Pro- probably his best work, though, would yes, you say? I agree. Lost City of Z. Yeah. There was a moment where now here we're now now we're really on to something because yeah. I read that book. That's one of my favorite books. Uh-huh. And uh, and I was following the making of that film for a long time. And uh, the very first person attached was Brad Pitt. That's how long yes. ago they were talking yeah. about that. And then it sort of it went through. And it, Tom Hiddleston for a time, but but um, the one that I got really excited about was for a second. Benedict Cumberbatch was attached to oh, it. Oh, interesting. And having read the book. He's basically the Percy Fawcett. Sure. It would have been perfect. Yeah. It would have been absolutely perfect. We're going to the armor ball. But you know who was good in that movie was Robert Pattinson. He doesn't get enough credit for Great it. Great in it. Great in it. And um, what's his name is very good in it, too? Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom, ha- Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, and uh, also... Uh, um, Sienna Miller. Sienna Miller. Mm-hmm. Very good in that movie. Yeah, she's very... Un- she has... Man, she will take a... Fourth lead, wife of a someone role, and she always is good. Yeah, I feel I feel like um, her sordid past with Jude Law um, when she was first coming up kind yeah. of has like uh, taken away from the fact that she's a very good actress. She's very good. Yeah. Um, Fifty six. I have Unsane. Didn't see it. Too Soderberg scary movie. Um, interesting stuff. And then wasn't it shot on iPhone? All shot on iPhone and. That it doesn't look great, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not a movie that needed to be shot on an iPhone. And the same, like, I think there was something charming about Tangerine yeah. shot on an iPhone. It felt it worked with the world. Unsane, I'm not sure that it did. Okay. Fifty five. I have Gemini, um, which was like this LA noir that started out super cool. I thought. Oh yeah. Um, with Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, and, I didn't see it, but I remember the trailer looked cool. Yeah, and then it just becomes you. You kind of guess what's going to happen. Mm-hmm pretty quick into the second half of the movie and it just uh, just lost a little of the style for me. Okay. Number 54, I have Revenge, which was basically like this B movie. It's about a, about a, a woman who goes with her boyfriend to, you know, an island. Her boyfriend, of course, is married. She's a mistress. And then his two hunting buddies come early and... Uh, it just sort of devolves from there, and they end up thinking they've killed her, and they didn't actually kill her. Who's and in that movie? It's a bun. It's no one. Yeah. It's directed by a uh, a French. Um, I think you're gonna say a friend of mine. I think it's a French uh, director. It seems. It very much seems like something that Luc Besson would uh-huh. direct. Okay. Um, some some really ultra violence in that movie too. That's hard to watch. Okay. Speaking of ultra violence, at number fifty three, I have "You Were Never Really Here." Ooh, that's way further up for me. I know a lot of people liked it. To me, it was an art house equalizer, and I prefer the equalizer. Mm. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. 
Well, what I what it's definitely not. Well, I don't know if I would pop it in and watch it. I just felt like I had such an experience uh-huh. watching it. Um, for those of you who I I I, I will not spoil anything. It, it stars Joaquin Phoenix, um, and it, and as essentially like like Craig mentioned, an equalizer type guy, the the uh, a hitman of sorts. Yeah. Someone who um, solves problems, takes care of people. And, um, but what, but yeah, it's an art house version in that because we've seen the equalizer type movie a bunch of times and it's flashy and it's sort of like um, witty and yeah. and smart. This is like, well, what would maybe another what would like the low level version of that guy be like? Who's got problems and he's like taking care of his mom and, um, and he has a, some kind of trauma in his life yeah. that's led him to this, you know, down this path. Right. Um, it's directed by her name is going to escape Lynn me. Ramsey. Okay, so Lynn Ramsey, who did we, we need to talk, talk about, about Kevin. Kevin? Yeah. And so I really enjoyed this movie. And what I I liked about it was it's brutally violent. Yes. But they actually don't show a lot of the violence. Correct, yes. And because she wasn't interested in seeing how he kills everyone that right. he kills in this movie, it was more like, what's the aftermath look like? Yeah. So they did some really unique things in this in this film, um, you know, use of security cam footage and things like that. Um, the music and sound design was really good. Uh-huh. Um, and Joaquin Phoenix is... One of our finest actors. Uh, he, I don't think he's given a bad performance. I, I I agree with you there. For me, and I think maybe like even watching this movie again, it could really climb up for me. But for me, Joaquin Phoenix at times can be too mannered, and this performance is a little mannered for me. Interesting. It's similar to um, like the master. Um, I think he's really good in that movie, but it's a little mannered for me. Hmm. Um, and I think. Just the whole, uh, I don't think this is really a spoiler. Like, he gets shot in the face at a certain point mm-hmm. and then sort of, like, doesn't open his mouth for the rest of the movie. And I think that was just hard for me because I was like, I can't understand mm-hmm. anything he's saying anymore. And I know, like, why. Like, obviously it tracks, but right. I'd like to be able to follow this movie and I'm not yeah. understanding anything. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I um, loved it. 52, Christopher Robin. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. It was, uh, it's definitely not a kid's movie. Uh-uh. I feel like kids would be bored by it. Did it, you see uh, Goodbye, Christopher Robin? No. It's an interesting companion piece to this, because obviously Goodbye, Christopher Robin. it's about the writing Robin, of it, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's, it, I think it helped shed a lot of light on me, for me, about his experience in World War One, mm. and um, why... The books were written in the first yeah. place, and uh, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was a, a sort of somber, mm-hmm. um, but enjoyable. I think there's. I think a lot of people were, uh, you know, um, emotional in that movie. If they had any sort of connection to Winnie the Pooh and those characters, yes. Because it didn't, again, it didn't sort of cater to the children's version of that. It right. was really about a grown person yeah. um, who had lost a whole part of themselves. Yes. 
And I saw I thought that stuff was really effective. Yeah. And when he, the Pooh has a great line at one point when they're on a train where he's just naming things um, that he sees because it's the game he's playing, and then he just goes, I don't know what that is. It's my very favorite line in the movie. <laughs> um, at 51, I have Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. Which uh, was like Deadpool 1, but I'd already seen Deadpool 1. So yeah. Not as in, not as enjoyable the second time around. Like many, um, it was it was it was fun. Yeah. What, I, what I will say is, uh, I really enjoy a sequence. Uh, I really enjoy a, a getting the team together sequence, yes. and they have a very good one in this movie. They do, they do, and they turn it on its head very yeah. nicely. Um, at fifty, I have Alpha. Didn't see it. Um, interesting. Like uh, a movie about a a kid. You know, it's basically like, the, I don't even know how long ago they're in, you know, yeah. Europe pre-speech, basically. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like a, a nomad boy, or something. A boy and his uh, wolf. Yeah. Um, if you like uh, dogs, you, you might like this movie. Uh-huh. 49, I have American Animals. Interesting film. Interesting film. Didn't, didn't bowl me over as much as I think I wanted mm. it to I th- I thought it was I thought it was I liked it I I thought mm-hmm. it was uh, you know it was maybe the first time I can think of that I had seen a f- uh, a narrative film with such strong documentary elements. Yes, I can't think of another movie. It did. It did in a way. It felt like a reverse unsolved mysteries, and that yeah, you know, you'd get like these clips of the actual guys talking mm-hmm. about it, but most of the movie was narrative. Where because to- a lot of people, or it sort of can be polarizing um, as far as your emotional connectivity to 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 a film. A lot of people think if you cut to real footage of a person when you're inside of you know like Narcos when they cut right. to the real Pablo Escobar that you're doing the actor a disservice because it's pulling you out and you're seeing the real guy and then you're supposed to go back right. and believe this actor playing. But in, in, uh, in American Animals, which is uh, you know, a relatively small story, I think yeah. uh, um, I, I think that's what made it work as these weren't like really famous people that we've seen in right. the news before. Um, I, I, so there was sort of like an intimacy they were still able to establish yeah. and you felt connected and it, I didn't feel pulled out at all by those those clips. But it's an interesting... I would definitely recommend it to people. Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of yeah form stuff in particular and, that's and, interesting. And um, Evan Peters is a really interesting actor. Yes. And I think he does good work in this movie. I agree. And um, I, I think... Uh, I don't know if it's Keoghan, Barry... Barry, yeah. Yeah, is always very good. Man, he's, he's always good. really interesting. Yeah, if you didn't see Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's a, that was a criminally underrated performance, wow. I think. He was he got like a some attention yeah. from from it, but when I saw that movie, I was like, this guy's gonna win a best supporting actor award. Yeah, I agree. And then he just was completely left in the yeah. dust. Um forty eight I have puzzle. Um which was a good movie. I particularly liked it just because it's... Did you see it? No. Um, it's the same... You know, it's it's something that we see a lot, but it was interesting to see it with Kelly McDonald as the lead instead of name your uh-huh. white male actor playing the guy who's not super happy with what his life has become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 47, I have White Boy Rick, which oh, wow. we just saw. We just got back from. 
Um, Did you already, when you saw it, were you like, that's 47? Yes, I knew exactly <laughs> on the button. No, I actually, when I, when I was like, oh, it's going to be around American Animals for me, I think I liked it slightly better than American Animals. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. We talked about this, uh, we already talked about this a lot in the car, but we both felt like it was an interesting movie. We're glad we saw it. Again, we'll probably never watch this movie. Yeah. But it's worth seeing um, interesting story. Yeah. And Matthew McConaughey is really good in it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's all. Interesting story. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. 46, I have Skate Kitchen. uh, Didn't see it. about a group of uh, young female skaters, a girl from Long Island who comes out to Manhattan. Um, It has the... One of the hardest to watch scenes basically opens the movie that I've ever seen. Oh my god! Uh, where she, uh, this isn't really a spoiler because it's at the very beginning of the movie and it doesn't necessarily have a lot of effect on the rest of the film. But she is doing like a jump, and they call it credit carding yourself. But basically, she lands on her skateboard and splits open her vagina. That's real. That <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, Ow. But she's just, like, bleeding profusely, and, like, obviously, like, she's at the skate park in Long Island, so it's a bunch of guys being like, go get a tampon. Oh, my God. Uh, It was very difficult to watch. Um, Number 45. We're about to have a visitor. My wife's about to come through the door. And uh, here we go again, because at 45, I have Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I... Yeah. I had a good time with Mom. Yeah. Here we go again. I'll tell you, um, if it was just like the first hour and a half of the movie, this probably would rank very low for me. Uh, but that last 30 minutes. Yeah. From the moment they come in with uh, Dancing Queen on the boats. Uh-huh. Through our emotional high. Wow. With Meryl Streep. Wow. Um, I, share. I liked it better than the first one. Okay, I haven't watched the fir- I haven't seen the first one in ten years. So. It's just, and maybe it's that last thirty minutes won me yeah. over, but it's just more fun. It's yeah. more emotional and it's more fun for me. Yeah, it was like I didn't really care for. I thought Lily James was incredible in the oh. movie, but I didn't really care for any of the flashback stuff. Like mm. I didn't care about it at all. Mm. I was impressed I was by good. their ability to, to like the like um, the uh, men channel there. Well, I thought everyone. I thought yeah, they. I thought the sort of like. You know, finding the younger versions of people, they did as as good a job as you could do. Yeah. Um, especially with Christine Baranski's yeah. uh, casting of the younger the younger gal. Um, big crush on Lily James. Mm-hmm. Those beach waves. Her hair is incredible. Unbelievable hair and outfits. Um, I think this isn't really a spoiler to talk about because I think pretty much everyone knows. How do you? How do we think Meryl died? I mean, it had to have been a disease, right? Or she yeah, fell off the cliff. I think cliff. she got kicked by the horse. <laughs> <laughs> they really, yeah. It's just, it's funny how they just completely gloss over how. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this: this isn't a spoiler. It's just my personal opinion about a performance. Yeah. Um, I think Cher seems like she's never acted before. Yeah. Ever. Well, she has. A, I mean, she had gone away for twenty years, and and she forgot it all. Yeah, she forgot everything. And then she's in a completely different movie. Yeah, lit completely differently. Yeah, it's really something to behold. She's also like six years older than Meryl Streep or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, um, 
She looks like Will Ferrell's character in Eastbound and Down. Yeah. So if you've seen that, you'll love her. You'll, yeah, you'll know it. <laughs> um, number 44, I have this higher than maybe some people who would have seen this many movies. I have Solo, a Star Wars story. Wow, that actually is shocking now that we've gone through, like, yeah. you were never really here I, and stuff I had like fun. That. Yeah, had it was fun. fun. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never even seen, I've never seen the prequels. Um, yeah. You don't have to tiptoe. <laughs> um, um, I, I've seen all the films. Yeah. I um, didn't enjoy the prequels very much. Yeah. And I thought this was fun, but it felt like, um, it just felt like, oh, that was it? Yeah. Like, I don't think, I mean, I get why, to people that are huge Star Wars fans, like, some of the stuff, particularly with Han, is almost offensive. Yeah, because you're, you're, it's canon now, essentially. You're saying, like, this is how he got his name. (laughs) This is how he got his, you know, Millennium Falcon. It's like, these are all the things now that you now know. Yeah. Um, the saving grace for me is I just, I've got a real, real big die hard, take it to my grave crush on Amelia Clark. Now what would happen if Beachy Waves, Lily James yeah, and Dragon Riding Amelia Clark, you were on like Love Connection and you have to choose between the two of them? Amelia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Um, blonde Amelia or brunette Amelia? Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. So much of it is her personality, sure. to be honest. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman. Yeah. But, um, but I just think she's uh, a very smart, funny person. Yeah. And, I'm, and incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see her in Solo do something, you know, with... I mean, she shows a ton of range on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but I felt like... I don't know. It was just cool to see her in a big, huge movie. Yeah. You also... Know, also I feel a little bad for her that this movie didn't do particularly well for a Star Same. Wars movie. Same. Because Terminator Genesis was a bad movie. Yeah. Um, but I think she does a good job in this film. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think pretty much everyone... I don't, I'm not crazy about Alden Ehrenreich, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, I've liked him in things and uh, not liked him in other things. But uh, Does it make you wonder what, what the original directors were, he- were headed towards, what they would have done with it if they did Well, didn't. I mean, I think it probably would have just been, like, really, really jokey, right? Yeah. Because those, that's what those guys are. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, people kind of use that as, like, well, you know, they didn't let Lord and Miller do their thing. I mean, there's no way a Star Wars fan would have liked what Lord and Miller did with the movie either. They I would agree. have probably been angrier about that. Yeah. Um, at 43, and we'll only talk about the, I'll only basically mention this because I know you're seeing it tomorrow, so I don't want to spoil anything, is A Simple Favor, mm-hmm. um, which also just came out, uh, Anna Kendrick. Directed by Paul Feig. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say there's a great little Linda Cardellini scene in it. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, I, playing I'm a, a very different character I'm a big than fan. you've ever seen Linda Cardellini play before, okay. I think. Um... Yeah, similarly uh, to a lot of these other movies, it just un- uh, it just unravels a little bit for me. There's mm-hmm. like some high concept stuff I think that uh, can't fully pay off. At 42, I have Thoroughbreds. Um, that would be in my top 20 for sure. Yeah, um, I see that. Um, it's it a, a directorial really good, debut. Yeah, really good dark comedy. Really mm-hmm. good performances. Um, Sadly, um, Anton Yelchin's, Yelchin's, Yelchin's final. final. Yeah. And he's very good in it. Very good. Yeah. 
Um, and I love both uh, Anna Taylor Joy and uh, Olivia Cook. Same, and they're both great in this. Yeah, um, really well shot. Yeah, um, just like yeah, it's 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 sort of to me if you're gonna do that kind of a dark comedy, it's the exact tone you're hoping to strike. Yeah. And the cinematography and music all support it. Right. They're all working in harmony with each other, and it felt yeah. very um, well thought out and conceived and executed. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, the first time I saw Paul Sparks act in anything, it was like in a 100-seat theater in a play with Michael Shannon in New York. So it's always fun to see those What play guys. was that? I, it was called, I think it was called Lady. Okay. Um, it was about like three guys hunting. He's had a nice little film and TV career these yeah. last six or seven years. Yeah. Um, and especially it's interesting to see him do roles like this now because I feel like his first kind of like breakout thing was Boardwalk where he was very, very charactery. And if you didn't um, see Boardwalk, the next thing you probably would have seen would have been House of Cards. Yeah. Where he's kind of just a normal journalist yeah. guy. Uh, 41, I have Chappaquiddick. Um, I just thought this, I mean, I kind of knew the story. I just thought learning more about the story was interesting, which is why I think I have it where it is. Yeah. Um, I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, Chappaquiddick. The most fascinating thing about Chappaquiddick to me was it happened the same weekend as the moon landing. Oh. So it sort of got buried because we landed on the moon at the same time, which I or just think it's... Or did we? Well, all right. Joe's a big conspiracy. <laughs> no, I'm not really not. I love the idea of just becoming one in that moment, though. Um, 40, and probably people will think this is maybe too high. I have Ocean's 8. That's way too high. Way too high. That, I just think the performers are all so good, and if it wasn't for the bad direction and the pretty bad script, it would have been great. Anne Hathaway is incredible in this movie. She's good. It's the best thing she's done in a long time. The but opening scene with San, the Sandra Bullock's opening scene is great. Yeah, but there's no way I'd putting that movie above. You were never really here in Thoroughbreds and Re- even Ready Player yeah. One. I would put above that movie. It's just as, as more fun. Yeah, the o- Oceans. It, it felt like a complete waste of everyone's talent. Yeah, like you watch Oceans Eleven. It's like everyone gets a moment. Yeah, everyone's like funny and charming and whatever. And and this movie is like you have all these amazing actors, and like Sarah Paulson. Like what? It's like it could have been anyone. Listen, I get all the, yeah. I get all this. I mean, here's the thing: the way these are grouped together, uh, they're probably in like groups of fifteen, where yeah. like you they're can all really kind of like similar. change them yeah. up. Thirty nine. I have We the Animals, which I know our friend Matthew Scott Montgomery truly loved. Um, I didn't see this movie. I thought there was some some. I mean, I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again, but. I thought there were some really interesting ideas in this movie, and some of the filmmaking didn't work for me. Okay. Uh, 38, I have The Equalizer 2, and that's simply because I'm a sucker for a Denzel Washington action movie. Sure. I loved the first Equalizer. This one is not as good. Yeah. Um, but I love Denzel. He's my favorite. He's my favorite movie star. Yeah. He's um, great. 37, I have Operation Finale, mm-hmm. which also just came out a few weeks ago, I guess now, uh, which is about uh, the hunt for Adolf Eichmann. Yeah. Um, it very much feels like... It's interesting watching this in the same year that I rewatched Munich and being like, well, Spielberg's a great director, and this is like either Chris White's or Paul White's, I can't Chris. remember. Yeah. Is a good director. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, a may, of course, Ben Kingsley's great in it, mm-hmm. and Oscar Isaac does a good job, but I feel like with a better director, it would have been a great job. 
I just feel two things about this movie. I thought it was fine. Yeah. And um, really interesting story. Yeah. I think probably would have made for like a, a better documentary. Yeah. Like a really good, you know, if you really went in there and 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 tried to make a good documentary. Oh, something fell. Um, ghost. It was a ghost. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, as good as Ben Kingsley is, um, it's just, this is my own my own shit. Like he's so memorable in Schindler's list. Yeah. To then play the architect of the the final solution. It's just too much of a leap for me. Yeah. There isn't anyone else that kind of looks like the guy in real life that could do this. It's a weird thing. It also, there were parts of the movie that it really felt like they wanted us to feel bad for Adolf Eichmann. Yeah. Which was an interesting choice. Yeah. And then he sort of has this turning moment yeah. like really late, but mm-hmm. strange. And Nick Kroll's got a little part in there. Yeah, and I love Nick Kroll, but I, he's this is similar to I talked we talked about this when we did this year's when we did a the Oscar should go to. Um I know he's done this now in a couple movies and I don't wanna hinder anyone from being in a movie like good for him. He's not bad in this movie. But it is jarring. It was like seeing David Cross and Bob Odenkirk both in The Post. Um, the post. Mm-hmm. Like seeing them together. Um, and I don't know, Nick Kroll, both with this and loving, like I just can't, I, he's not at a point yet where I can take him seriously enough, mm-hmm. where I don't see Bobby Bottle Service as. It's hard when someone is so funny. Uh huh. When like, and it's even harder when they're serious funny. Yeah. Like, they they play characters that play everything completely real and straight. Right. And so then, yeah, it does take a little suspension of disbelief. And also in this movie, with the exception of Ben Kingsley and Oscar Isaac, it's not really memorable, like, no, super known people playing no. any of the other roles. Yeah. So then for, like, your one other known person to be Nick Kroll. Yeah. Um, stands out a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, 36, I have The Little Stranger, uh, which was... Um, it's Donald, Donald Gleason. Um, it's like this gothic pseudo-horror mm-hmm. British film. The end really stuck with me. It really made okay. me think about things, which is why it's so high for me. Um, because I, throughout most of the movie, I was just sort of in and out with it. But then mm-hmm. there's sort of a last image at the end mm-hmm. that has stuck with me since okay. then. Did you see it? Nope. No. 35, I have Game Night. Didn't see it. Heard it's fun. Had fun. Yeah. Liked it. Love, love Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Um, love. Don't always love Jason Bateman anymore, but I think this was a pretty good role for him. Uh, I'll tell you who's great in his Jesse Plemons. Gosh, he's good. Just an incredible performance. He's really, he's really batting a thousand right yeah. now. Yeah. He doesn't make a wrong choice. No. If you had told me. After season two of Friday Night Lights, that he was going to be the guy. This was going to be the guy, and not only that, he would be married to Kirsten Dunst. I don't know what I would. It's done. so true. He's been the most consistent, yeah. person from that show. I mean, Connie Britton, Kyle Chandler have worked a ton, also, yeah. but not and Mi- Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Oh yeah. But like Jesse Plemons is like, I'm going to say this. We're talking about films. Yeah. He has Philip Seymour Hoffman potential for me, like. He's that good yeah. and has that – he can play comedy and play drama with the same – And he picks projects extremely yes. well. Yes. Um, at 34, I have Crazy Rich Asians. Really charming. Yep. Really fun. Super charmed. Thought it was a little overstuffed. 
Um, yeah, they uh, yeah again a book I haven't read though. Yeah. The it felt like probably could have been a six episode miniseries if you wanted to tell all the stories you're trying to tell. Yeah, here, uh, but Constance Wu is really a star. Yeah, I think she, I thought she was great. I thought, um, but for me, the movie really was uh, just. S- s- it was smartly written, uh-huh. and and it wasn't like a full blown. It w- I mean, there were some very funny moments in yeah. it, but I was having a conversation with my friend um, Alec, and we were talking about how if this were like ten years ago, yeah. version of this movie, like the comedy, the sort of like quintessential rom com version, right? It would be more gamey. It would yeah. it would have been like. You know, oh, she's she's like a game theory professor. Right. Well, then the whole second act of the movie would be her and the and her mother in law trying to outgame each other. Sure. But instead, they sort of went more dramatic with it to this nice buildup of the the two of them. Yeah. Um, Thought the wedding was beautiful. Although I didn't know how we were supposed to feel about the bride. I felt like we were introduced to her as like this real fun, cool chick, and then. We go off to the bachelorette party where she has all these horrible friends, and she doesn't. She's not directly responsible for them, obviously, but also doesn't seem to do anything to stop any of this. Yeah, stuff. that's true. Uh, and then we're supposed to cry at the wedding, which I did because yeah. it was a gorgeous wedding. Yes. At number thirty-three, I have Love Simon. Oh wow! Yeah, um, it fell in sort of a crazy rich Asians camp for me. I think I liked it slightly better. I was moved by it. There's some cheesy stuff, yeah. But I thought it was uh, a nice story to see on a big stage. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, Thirty-two. I have the miseducation of Cameron Post. Didn't see it. Um, good Chloe Grace Moretz performance. The biggest uh, great John John Gallagher Jr. performance. Mm. I would say the big uh, hit on this movie for me is there's a couple other characters in it that probably would be more interesting eyes into this world mm. than Chloe Grace Moretz is. Um, and it's not anything to do with her performance. It's just like, particularly there's a uh, Native American guy at the mm-hmm. camp that it's like, that's actually probably a fascinating story Yeah, to know about his backstory where it's like white girl has to go to right. pray the gay away. Right. It's not maybe as interesting. Um, 31, I have Lean on Pete. Didn't see it. Thought it looked interesting. It's interesting. Um, it was good. Um, I like Andrew Haig a lot. I loved 45 Years. That was one of my favorite movies of mm-hmm. that year. Um, yeah, it, it, it goes, it wanders a little bit, purposely, I think, but uh, it's a good movie. You should check it out. Okay. Number 30, I have The Wife. Didn't see The Wife. That's with Glenn Close, right? Great Glenn Close performance. Great Jonathan Price performance. Really awful Max Irons performance as their son. It's um, too bad. The movie, you sort of see where it's going, I think, pretty early on. Um, it's really just a p- movie to see for those two performances, and it's okay. worth it for those two. Number 29, I have The Rider. Dang it. I really wanted to see that this one. This movie's super interesting because the whole time I was thinking, oh, I guess it was really hard to find people for these roles because the acting is interesting, but uh, it's not great. Mm-hmm. And then reading about it, Basically, Chloe Zhao just cast the people. The people. I was like, oh, well. Now Barry that Jenkins of Moonlight mm-hmm. fame um, 
was like I just feel like he's mentioned that movie a bunch of times yeah. and really tried to get people to see it. Yeah, in in its limited releases. Um, so it's definitely one I want to check out. I think it would be something that now if I rewatched it, it would probably be even better to me knowing that about the casting. Yeah, I don't think that's a a detriment to know that going into yeah. the film. I think it actually yeah. improves it because there's certain things not knowing it. Like he has a the sister is mentally handicapped mm-hmm. that when I was watching, I was like, that feels like a hat on a hat because he's going through so much right, anyway. Right, right. Like, but I don't if feel you like know I it's real. That. Yeah. Okay, we're back. We took a brief pause because we're getting into good stuff. Top 28. Woo! Number 28, I have blind spotting. Didn't see it. Um... Really interesting balance of like friend uh, comedy, dramedy with a lot of social issues. There's a moment late in the film of almost, it's just played as realism, but it almost feels like magical realism that didn't really work for me, okay. which drops it down for me. But uh, interesting movie. Who's in that? It's um, uh, from Hamilton. Uh, oh, Bruce, sure, yeah, sure, sure. He wrote it yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, number 27, I have Blockers. I haven't seen Blockers. Uh, wow, yeah. you loved Blockers. The blockers, I tell you why. The daughters are all great in it. Okay. I actually, I think, I don't think, uh, John Cena and Ike Barinholtz and Leslie Mann are all very good in it. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with any of their performances, but um, I think the daughters are all great. It actually would have been a better film if it had focused more on them. Yeah. Um, and it has a nice little emotional core to it, okay. particularly at the end, that I appreciated. Good to know. Number 26, I have Isle of Dogs. Oh, gosh, I didn't see that either. That's okay. Um, I love Wes Anderson. This is maybe one of my least favorite Wes Anderson films, okay. honestly. Um, but it's still Wes Anderson, and it was still good. Top 25, here we go. 25, I have Annihilation. Mm. Yeah, that's that's in my top... That's in my top 10. Yeah. Uh, um, there was so much of it I loved, and then I think it was particularly like just uh, the CGI at the end of the movie. Mm. With the thing. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Love the bear scene. I think that's one of the most memorable scenes of the year. It's just a really, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, h- highly recommend it. Um, it, it, it. It's Garland, right? Yeah. We did um, Ex Machina. Who did Ex Machina and um, Never Let Me Go? He wrote Never, wrote Never Let, Let yeah. Me Go. Yeah. Um, it's just like bleak and mm-hmm. beautiful and the music and the performances are very uh, subdued, yeah. and um, and it's it's just a it's it's one of those movies that I just found myself thinking like, wow, I I need to be more creative. Yeah, someone just made this up. Yeah, and I know there's like there's more it's stories. A book, it's a trilogy. I yeah. believe. it's one of those stories where you're just like, wow, you could really just make anything up, guys. Yeah, go um, for it. Twenty four. I have Beirut. Didn't see Beirut. I tell you why I liked Beirut. It just filmed seemed like the adult movie that they don't make anymore. Okay. Um, I think I don't even. Th- it's not based on a true story. It's like a fictional, like sort of like this 
happened in the world, but this story this didn't the one really with John happen. Hamm? Yeah. Wow. This came and went. You uh-huh. loved it. I really liked it. Okay. I just liked. I just had a good time watching it. Okay. Um, Twenty three. I have Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh yeah. Um, I think I could put together a pretty good argument that of any mini movie series within the Marvel Universe, Ant-Man may have the best one-two punch. Interesting. Um, I would agree with that, probably. Yeah, because I think, I mean, Iron Man 2 was, is one of the worst Marvel movies, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians 2, I actually liked better than most people, I think, but the main plot I did not think was good. Thor 2. Avengers 2 is not good. Thor 2 is not good. Captain America is probably the closest. Yeah. I think Captain America 1 would be my least favorite of the four movies. Mm. Um, but Winter Soldier is great. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah. I like all those people. Yeah. I enjoyed the movie. For me, it's, uh, I, I also had fun watching it, and, uh, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't crack any of my top list just because... Right. I just, it was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, 22, I have Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the only doc I have on the list because it's the only doc I saw this year. So I didn't see RBG. I didn't see Three Identical Strangers. But um, I just felt like I was, I was moved by this story, which is why it's so high. But I felt like anyone could have done it, and I would have been moved by it the same way. Yeah. Like, I don't know that that's particularly a filmmaking feat as much as what Fred Rogers did. Yeah, basically, you could just YouTube a bunch of Fred Rogers clips, yeah. and you would get it. Right you would get the gist of it. They're just sort of sequenced in a way and the story, you get a little more behind the scenes about his life and it's like, if you're not emotional uh, watching that movie, then, you know, check your pulse. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. Something's wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, you would, it would be a, a red flag if you heard someone say that it didn't do anything for him. Yeah. 21, I have Upgrade. Oh, I didn't see that. It's with Logan Marshall Green. Yes. Um, it was dope. It was just like a dope cool. sci-fi action movie. I thought the world building was really good in it. The creation of... Is that streaming now? It might... I mean, I'm sure it's on... I know it's on iTunes. Yeah. I don't know if it's on any okay. network. I definitely but, want to see that. Um, I just thought the, the tech in it was really okay. cool. Cool. 20, I have Disobedience. Another one I really want to see. Wow, you say you love Rachel McAdams. I know. It was... You've missed all you know of her what? movies this Th- year. This is the problem is like these... Disobedience was playing at like the Arclight and like the AMC Sunset, and I just couldn't get over there. Yeah. And it comes out at a time where you've got like five movies coming out a weekend. Sure. It does two weeks and it's gone. Yeah. Um, really good movie, really nice character study. I think Rachel McAdams is actually the most interesting character in the movie. Oh, good. And we see it a little bit more through Rachel Vice's eyes because she's sort of the formerly insider outsider coming back into the world. Okay. I think if it had flipped, it would have been. Even more interesting, more interesting for okay. me. Um, 19, I have Juliet Naked, which I know you haven't seen. I haven't seen, so but I want to. Earlier. You really liked it. Really liked it. Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke are just both great in this. And it uses um, Chris O'Dowd really well. Mm, good. Um, I like him a lot, but I think yeah, sort of depends on how you use him, but I think he's used really well in it. Just really delightful. Just a nice, a nice hour and 40 minutes yeah. in the theater. At 18, I have Avengers Infinity War. Wow, he loved it, folks. I liked it quite a bit. I thought, I think the thing I maybe like most about it is I really appreciated what a good job they did of juggling all the characters. Very impressive. Yeah. It's really, I just watched it for the second time uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And that was my takeaway. I was like, man, I don't know how you you do this. Yeah. Like, what that whiteboard looks like. Yeah. 
when you're trying to get all these stories to work and care about everyone. You've got huge movie stars. Yeah. And you have to serve them all. Yeah. You know? It is the only confusing thing with all the movie stars to me is the fact you have all these characters in this universe and you couldn't figure out a way to just like fit in like a quick Hawkeye cameo or Ant-Man I think maybe was shooting at the same time so I get why they couldn't maybe fit him into the world but to just have a throwaway line being like they're both on house arrest when you when you have 40 other characters in the movie felt weird I I I listened to this podcast with um Chris McQuarrie talking about Fallout Uh Jeremy Renner's not in that movie either and and what was the deal there is it because he broke his arms doing tag because he broke his arms doing tag. Did he really? Yeah. Um, how did he break his arms? He like did a Fell stunt backwards. or something and like wow. broke his arms. Um, it, Macquarie just made it seem like it was a scheduling snafu yeah. that then ended up, he couldn't do either. It was like Macquarie is shooting so much from the hip right. on this massive movie that he can't give you dates. Yeah. And so he's like, I need you, but I can't give you dates. Right. And Avengers is like, we might use you, but we're not totally sure. Yeah. And it just, then both of them didn't. Yeah. All right. Um, 17, I have the other Marvel movie of the year, Black Panther. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I think is an upper echelon Marvel movie. I actually think Infinity War is probably maybe a top five for me Marvel movie of the 20 movies we've had so far now yeah. also. Um, and I think that's mostly because of, the villain, which I think usually is where Marvel fails. I think now they have maybe only three good villains in all the movies, really good ones. And I think it's Thanos, um, Killmonger, and Loki. Mm. Um, but I don't think any of the other, even though they've had great actors, I don't think any of the other characters have been particularly interesting to me. It's, it's the, I liked Black Panther. And I, and I felt, and I was moved by it. Uh-huh. Um, it felt important for all the reasons that it is important. Um, it's interesting that you bring up Killmonger because I, I like Michael B. Jordan, but I actually felt like a lot of the performance was too much. Sure, I could see that too. Um, it was just a little bit like snarly, uh-huh. and it was like you're on a massive uh, movie screen. Yeah. And I and I felt it's like I felt like I saw the I saw the work. Sure, you know I got what he was trying to do, and I felt like he could have, it could have been a little. He could have dialed it down a little bit, and yeah. it would have been just as effective. Um, I'll tell you my favorite character in the movie. Tell me, is um, I don't want to say the name wrong, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. He's looking it up, um, guys. This is fascinating especially this far into this podcast just imagine what he's sitting just here on the couch and he's using his thumbs to operate his okoye is that the other guy from the other tribe no that's um denai gera who's oh who's like the head like the head of what's the character okoye 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 who is that she's like the general in like oh she was great yeah I think that's my maybe number one pick of any Marvel character if I was, like, building a team to defend me. She's the one where she's with uh, uh, the guy from Get Out romantically, right? Yeah. And But she's like, not today. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, number 16, I have Journey's End, um, which was a... It's a... I think it's an old coward. 
It's a, um, I could be wrong about that, though. It's a play about World War I that they've made into movies before. This was um, with Sam Claflin. And, oh. Um, it's just like this really, it's just uh, a bunch of British soldiers British. in the trenches in mm-hmm. World War I. And uh, it's, it's tough. It's hard to watch because mm-hmm. that was not a good place to be. No, mustard gas. Yeah. Uh, 15, I have Sorry to Bother You. Uh-huh. Did you see it? Yeah. Um, starts out as a really interesting... Um, sort of social commentary. Social commentary, and then just gets so fucking weird. Goes wacky. Yeah. Here's another movie where, you know, completely different genre, but like Annihilation, you're like, wow, you can just do anything, folks. Yeah. You could really do <laughs> yes. anything. But you know what? I would never, ever in a million years think like Boots Riley thinks. Never. Yeah. Never. Um, so when we say you can do anything, we mean if you're Boots Riley or Alex yeah, Garland, you can yes, do anything. Yeah, you can if you're just, listening to this podcast at home, you probably can't do anything. Yeah, your movie is probably not going to be good. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, it, 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 yeah, they, they sort of uh, accomplish an impossible thing, which is to be completely bonkers but yeah. still feel emotionally grounded. Yeah. Um, 14... I feel like I'm going to catch shit for this. I have Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Wow. <laughs> Listen, Sicario 1 was uh, like my second favorite movie of that year. It was my favorite movie of yeah. that year. Love Sicario 1. This is like Sicario meets The Equalizer. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> dude, I'm totally with you. I yeah. totally get it. I remember I was like, I talked to people who were like, oh, I'm not even going to see Sicario 2 because it's not Denis and it's yeah. not Deacons. And- yeah. And I was like, I'm definitely seeing it. Yeah. Like, because again, like, I love a hard R yeah. sort of like action yeah. political thriller. And this was that. And to me, you know, Sicario was so good because it felt, um, it felt like a unique perspective on a on a film that we've seen before. Yeah. Like, we've all seen the drug cartel movie before, but coming from Emily Blunt's perspective right. and seeing these sort of, like, you know, deals in the dark and letting this, turning this guy loose and, uh, and the kind of um, corrupt government-sanctioned yeah. stuff was really interesting. And to me, Sicario 2 was just more of that. Right. You didn't get the Emily Blunt thing, and you didn't, you didn't get that, like, um, emotional sure. protagonist perspective. But to me, it was like doing that again would have been a mistake. So right. this was just like, it was like Sicario 1 sort of like on coke. Yeah, it was like real world Logan. Yes. I mean, it basically, it was almost the same plot. It really was. <laughs> and I enjoyed every second yeah. of it. Uh, 13, I first reformed. Uh-huh. Uh, did you see it? Yeah. Um, great central performance. Um, amazing. Um, Ethan Hawke is really just amazing in this movie. Um, and Amanda Seyfried is quite good in this movie, too, yep. I thought. Um, it gets... It takes a real bonkers turn also at the end that I'm not sure it fully earned mm. for me. But uh, the central performance really just carried it for me. And I think it's really interesting. I mean, it is a really interesting, it's a, it's a movie that the first 15 minutes you think, you're like, oh, this is an interesting yeah. idea for a movie. And, you know, I, I think Ethan Hawke's even said that, and, and I know that the writer-director has said it, um, writer, uh, of, uh, writer-director of Taxi Driver. Yes. Um, and, Paul uh, Schrader. Paul Schrader. And amazing screenplay. Yeah. 
Um, like it pops. Yeah. Like and he's just some real stinkers lately. Yeah. Too. Like, yeah. So. And, and it's just, he it wrote really. The canyons. Yeah. directed the canyons. Oh, that's right. Infamously. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, this is a really good uh, screenplay and um, a really interesting idea that I think, um, yeah, the twists and turns are unexpected. And I totally understand. I actually saw it with someone who it, it completely lost them. Yeah. And um, I was just on the other side of the fence. Yeah. I was like, for all the reasons you didn't like it, I liked it. Right. Because I think if it would have taken the traditional routes that it was setting itself up for, I just would have felt like, yeah, well, we've seen that before. Yeah. Um, at 12, I have Searching. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I thought it was something that could... Uh, and that's, that's the only reason. I thought it was a good thriller, and I thought the way it was made, it could very easily have been horrible. Yeah. And I was super impressed that they made it work. Very impressed. Yeah. Very impressed. Um, again, a really young writer-director. Yeah. This guy had basically like he he shot a google glass commercial on spec um no one asked him to do it and he took this like trip to uh india i think it was um and filmed the whole thing on google glass as essentially a commercial for them then google hired him to make commercials for them yeah and then this is his first like big movie he's like 26 years old or something and uh it's so smart. It's such a... I was saying to someone the other day that I... There's something so satisfying about a whodunit uh-huh. that no other film genre can quite capture. Yeah. And so if it's done really well, it's just like... It's a total blast yeah. to watch something and it would like be, And it would be fun to go back and rewatch it knowing what the you result know. to see the little... Because I think... Because I, I know there's a bunch of stuff built in. Yeah, and they set stuff up so yeah. so well. Um, my only criticism, and, and it is, uh, it's just, just to be nit, nitpicky, is the way that they're using the technology to show you this story, mm-hmm. I felt like the acting could have been even less. Yeah. Like, like I felt like, I think uh, the cat's knocking things over. <laughs> um, Deborah Messing um, was, I thought it was really good. Yeah. But it would have been even more interesting to me to see someone that like I didn't even know. Sure. Just someone that's like throw it all yeah. away, you know? Yeah. Um, number 11, I have Incredibles 2. Um, it was just great. It's a great little Pixar movie. Yeah, it was good. Um, it wouldn't be in my, yeah. it wouldn't be my eleventh choice, but yeah. I respect it. That's fine. I just enjoyed it. It was good. Number ten, I have Hearts Beat Loud. I haven't seen it, and I'm so sorry. You need to see Hearts Beat Loud. Yeah, I think you will love this movie. I know. I need to watch it immediately. Um, just uh, boy. Yeah, I know. Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman just, just getting the band together. Just getting a band together with his daughter. What's not to like? It's it's a delight, just a real. It's yeah. a it's a it's an it's a cold beer, or a, a cup of ice cream. It just a makes hot you feel good. Day. Yeah. Um, number nine, I have Hereditary. Ooh, he loved it, um, folks. It's uh, it's spooky. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of tension in that movie. Yeah. Um, there's an image that I won't say because it's a massive spoiler that will stick with me for. The rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's really well done, and uh, it seemed like it was also kind of polarizing. Some people were like, it wasn't scary, and some people were like, it was the scariest movie I've ever seen. I think because it, there was a lot of, like, this is the scariest movie ever. They did release, uh, they released a trailer that I felt like was misleading, Yeah, where they said, like, they they had, like, tested it on people, right. and it was, like, the scariest movie of the decade. Yeah, because it's not... It's not scary in that way. It's not a horror film. Like, it's not The Nun, okay? No. You're not going to, if you just want to shriek and hold on to your date that you go with, you don't go see yeah. Hereditary. Hereditary, it honestly, except for the last 15 minutes, is kind of just like a bleak family drama. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That uh, takes another bonkers turn. It's mm-hmm. bonkers movies. Number eight, I have The Death of Stalin. Didn't see it. Um, wow, that's way up there for you. Yeah. Uh, you loved In the Loop. Writer, director of In the Loop and uh, creator of Veep, Armando Iannucci. Um, just great performances. Uh, I particularly want to shout out Simon Russell Beale, who's terrific in this movie. Very funny. Very, um, yeah. Did you see Inucci, Iannucci? Mm-hmm. His um, tweet pitch that now people are actually interested in, like, major studios approached and want him to make the movie. I did, but now I'm forgetting what the pitch His was. His tweet was, he literally tweeted, like, film pitch. Um, Trump is, like, drugged and taken to some, like, warehouse in the middle of nowhere where they build a White House and they hire actors to play his staff yeah. and everyone so that he thinks that life is going on as normal right. while the you know people are saved from the, his future presidency in the real yeah. world. He tweeted that, and then pe- legitimate, like, five studios were like, like, can you write that movie? How much money? Yeah. Um, number seven, I have Leave No Trace. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, It'd be like top 20 for me, probably. I just thought it was a really nice story. I thought the girl was great in it. I thought Ben Foster was good. Yeah. And it's It was nice to see him. I mean, he's still like playing an affected character, but I feel like a lot of times we get Ben Foster in almost bonkers mode. Yeah, he was nice like where he's like a little more th- even keel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yeah, my comment sort of is along those lines, which would be that um, it doesn't over-dramatize anything. Right. Um, it's a really simple, small movie mm-hmm. and doesn't try to be anything more than that. Like, yeah. you know, if there was going to be, it's the writer-director of Winter's Bone, but it's less dramatic than Winter's Bone. Like, yeah. Winter's Bone gets really dark and scary and, you know, there's a lot of effective dramatic elements right. um, that... I feel like it, with Leave No Trace, it was it was uh, much simpler and quieter. Yeah. Um, number six, we're getting down to it now. I have Mission Impossible Fallout. What a blast. Yeah. So much fun. Um, I would say, for me, the best scene of the movie is the bathroom fight. Great, great scene. Um, obviously, a lot of uh, bigger stunts in the movie, but I just thought that was kind of impeccably directed. What's crazy about that sequence is... They were supposed to shoot for three days, I think. They had blocked for that mm-hmm. fight scene. And um, they ended up shooting for three weeks. Like, they came back to it several times. Um, I can't imagine shooting a scene like that for three weeks. What in the world? It was yeah. like they would just would, you know, they're editing as they go, and they're like, we're yeah. missing this moment. Yeah. We need more here. Yeah. And and because Henry Cavill was saying that, like, after the first day, him and Tom sort of checked in and they were like, oof, we're hurting, you know, because they're really going for it in that scene. He's like, at least we only have a couple more days. 
cut to a month later. Yeah. Um, that movie is just good. Mission Impossible is good. It's it, they're always good. They, they've really found, I think, a really smart tone for, yeah. to sell this movie to the biggest audience possible. Yeah. My favorite Mission Impossible movie, Mission Impossible movie beyond the first one is Three, mm-hmm. um, which was J.J. Abrams' um, directorial feature directorial debut. Yeah. And it was still a lot of fun, but really dramatic. And yeah. I think the best performance they it's ever got Philip out Seymour of Tom Cruise oh. and Philip Seymour yeah. Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the best villain they've ever had yeah. by far. Um, Maybe one of the best villains in anything. I would agree. And But there's still, if you go back and watch it, there's still a lot of humor in the movie. Yeah. Um, so that is my ideal Mission Impossible type of movie. Right. Um, but Fallout is such a blast. Yeah. And with Ghost Protocol leading into Rogue Nation, leading into Fallout, yeah. you're, you can tell it's like they've really hit their stride. And I can't imagine who's going to direct the next movie. Right. I feel like it's probably going to be Christopher McQuarrie again. Yeah. Um, but well, I mean, him and Tom Cruise have worked together previously before the Mission Impossible yes. movies. And, yeah. and this, was the old, this was the first one in the... In the in the film series that's directed by, by the, the same, same director. Yeah. So he was like, I want this to look and feel like a different director. So they hired a completely new crew. Yeah. Use a different editor and a different um, composer. DP. Yeah. And DP, yeah. Yeah. Um, number five, I Have a Quiet Place. Great movie. Really surprised me. Um, kind of went in. I mean, I guess I saw it. It already reviews had come out, so it seemed like it was going to be good. But when I heard like, as much as I love Emily Blunt, when I heard John Krasinski directing, Emily Blunt starring, I was like, well, he was just like, will you do this for me? Yeah. Um, yeah, just great. Just super well-made, kind of almost throwbacky movie. Yeah. Super interesting conceit. Um, there's a scene in the movie with a nail in a bathtub that I think is an all-timer. Mm, that's a really... Will be in clips... Like going forward, it's as tense as you can make something. I yeah. think just the given circumstances being what yeah. they are. Um, it's very smart, and and I thought uh, really well done directing wise, and uh, and just a smart premise for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's as scary as I think Jurassic Park movies should be. Yeah, that's how scary they should be. Yeah, um, and. Uh, I will say I'm skeptical of the sequel that's in the works. Yeah. I just feel like it's a one and done, and it would live in infamy as one of the really, really smart, good horror films. The only the only thing I can imagine even partially working is if it's in a completely different area. Like I, I don't think you can run Emily Blunt back. I don't think you can either. Um, that might be the smart way to do it. Yeah. You're right. Um, number four, Tully. I didn't see Tully. Um, I meant to. It looked good. Yeah, just a uh, again, sort of similar to First Reform, sort of a, a performance that carries Great all of it. Charlie's there, yeah. and it's just amazing in it. Um, there's a twist in the movie that I won't give away, but I think it can really, if you go with it or not, probably really affects how you feel about the movie. Yeah, I didn't actually love it, but uh, it didn't detract enough for me. Okay. Number three, I feel like this is a movie that if I watched like my top 25 again, could very easily all of a sudden be like 25. Um, mm. But first time through seeing it, uh, I have Black Klansmen. Mm. 
a number three. I think there's some scenes in it that are a little um, stretched out that don't need to be. Like, the movie could have been tightened up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I found it a pretty fascinating story. I thought the main performances were really strong, including uh, my birthday buddy, Topher Grace. I agree. I thought it was really good. I'm a Spike Lee fan. Yeah. I like all of his movies. Yeah. Um, I think he makes interesting choices. Uh, I know he got a lot of flack from Boots Riley right. um, for for making the cops the heroes, right? Essentially, um, but I, 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 you know, if you see this movie, I thought I thought the first ten minutes of it were really fascinating uh, and, and interesting, and then um, and then I thought it struck a nice balance of humor and yeah. horror, right? Um, they re- it's it's very rare to have a movie that can be that sort of like shocking. Uh huh. Uh, at the at what human beings are capable of, and then also make you laugh. Yeah. Uh, number two, I have Paddington Two. Oh, folks, <laughs> if you haven't given yourself the gift of watching the Paddington films, yeah, they are dare I say it, perfect films. I would say the first one is a very good film, and the second one is absolutely a perfect. It's film. so good. Yeah. Just sit yourself down, make yourself a marmalade sandwich. Yep. I shed... Now, this is... Okay. I'm an ugly crier. Uh-huh. Um, like, a film that really gets me is a film called About Time. Oh. There's some father-son Joe, stuff in that movie. Do not get me started yeah. on About Time. So One it's, of my top tens from that year. Yes. Criminally underlooked film, I I agree. Believe. I agree. And, um, and I, my throat closes up, and I, and I sob... And um, and uh, Paddington Two, this something happened to me that's never happened to me in my life, and I wish I could use it in my acting work. Uh-huh. I had a single tear fall down at like a perfect moment. A oh. single tear from yep. one eye. It was incredible. I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, Hugh Grant won oh. the BAFTA for Best Supporting Actor, as he should. And I'm I still think he should get nominated. I feel like it's gonna. This was the very first movie I saw this year. Yeah. Um, of 2018 releases, so it's likely that that performance will be forgotten by the yeah. time the Academy Awards come around over a year later. Maybe but Golden Globes, yeah, uh, musical ho- or comedy. Yeah, hopefully, because he is truly tremendous in it. And yeah, he's really good. Just a just a wonderful movie. Yeah, which brings me to my number one movie of the year. I knew it is Eighth Grade. So so far, Eighth Grade's number one for me, which I've said on the podcast before. Um, I liked it for all the similar reasons. I liked Paddington 2. It made me laugh. It made me cry. Um, I still think Elsie Fisher should actually be in awards conversations, which it does not seem like she actually is. This movie doesn't seem to be really sticking anywhere other than maybe like a screenplay thing for Bo Burnham, but I'm not sure I understand why. Um, I definitely have not seen a better movie this year. It'll get a ton of attention at... The Independent, Independent Spirit Spirits. Awards. Yeah. Um, she'll get nominated. Yeah. Uh, he'll get nominated, probably. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible movie. Worth seeing, worth bringing people to see. Um, yeah, it's just really, really, really well done. Yeah. It's stuck around. If you're in L.A., I know it's stuck around. It's still in a few theaters in mm-hmm. L.A., um, which for a movie of this size, I think is, even though it never had like a crazy week I don't think is impressive that yeah. it's been a couple months now and it's still in theaters it's just really impressive to have uh, to come from Bo Burnham to have you know have him choose to tell this story yeah um, 
you know, your first impression would be like, what do you know about being right. an eighth grade girl? Yeah. But I think his use of whatever his screenplay was when it was in its original form and then his ability to adapt it once he had cast his actors and it's just really well done. Yeah. Um, Joe, do you have like a top five for yourself this year? My top five would probably be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do no particular order. Yeah. But my top five would be eighth grade, Paddington 2, um, you were never really here. Um, I think uh, Mission Impossible, Fallout, A Quiet Place, and Thoroughbreds. Okay. Is that five? That's six. That, that was six. Yeah. I got a... All right. But I'll, see, like, you had four of my top six. Yeah. On there, so... Yeah. There wasn't anything crazy that I had seen that I was like, well, you totally forgot about that movie. Yeah. Um, I'll give the three, mov- the, like, three movies I haven't seen that have been out, that kind of came and went in theaters that I wanted to see. Um, but I, I, I mean, I don't think necessarily any of them would be way up there. It would be Adrift and uh, Don't Worry, You Won't Get Far on Foot, I missed. And The Seagull, I wanted to see. But those were the three. I saw Adrift. Yeah. Adrift is, is um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. It's uh, what you see in the trailer yeah. Is um is like a sliver of the movie. Right. Which I feel like is rare these days. Yeah. Usually you're seeing kind of the whole movie. Yeah. But the the way the story is told is unique and I think a really strong performance from Shailene Woodley. Yeah. Um usually uh, at the end of the podcast we ask, you know, what uh, someone's looking for uh what their favorite movie of the year was, but uh-huh. we already talked about that. Yeah. So what uh, are there three movies you're looking forward to? Um, now that the festival season has begun, some movies on their way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, uh, A Star is Born. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Yeah. Such a strong trailer. Sure, yeah. Um, I am... I we be- didn't... I, I was saying as we walked in the movie yeah. that I feel like we've seen it every... I've seen it every movie I've seen for the last three months, and then the movie started 10 minutes late. They weren't playing anything, so they just skipped to... Yeah. Uh, the uh, like trailer followed by the movie, yeah. so I bet we would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I'm really looking forward to that. It looks great. Um, the music seems like it's going to be good. I've avoided all early reviews and stuff like that. I, I I'm one of those very neurotic film goers now, where I don't want anything in my head. It's even rare that I watch a trailer, but yeah. that one's just undeniable. Yeah. Um, I'm also really looking forward to um, Beautiful Boy. Okay. Uh, with Timothy Chalamet and Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that. And the trailer we saw today, uh, a film called The Front Runner with Hugh Jackman. Our friend Molly has a part in it. Um, it's a, uh, a Jason Reitman yeah. film who I've enjoyed and I missed Tully, but um, it looks really good. Um, I think the three I'm most looking forward to after hearing some buzz out of the festivals are Roma. Yeah, that would have been my um, number four. The uh, new Quaron movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, really looking forward to the favorite, yes. uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes, I'm a big fan of. And then I guess if I'd have to pick a third, uh, if Beale Street could talk, uh, just interest to see what Barry Jenkins' follow up will be. Very good. Um, Think about those six movies we just named. Yeah, those are all look really good. Yeah, and that's not even naming like Widows, which yep. I'm psyched for. Me too. And 
first man we'll see. I yeah. feel like I maybe could take or leave that one, but I'll see it on um, IMAX. Yeah, I'll see it. Um, Joe, is there anything you like to plug? Oh gosh. Oh yeah. You know what? I would like to plug my short film. Um, it's called Reception, and it stars myself and my friend Devin Kelly. And we did some film festivals, and now it's on Vimeo. Um, you can just type in Reception, or you can go to the website um, receptionshortfilm.com and check it out. It's a twenty-minute um, romantic comedy, sort of slice of life, just two people chatting at a wedding. And um, I had a lot of fun making it, and people seem to like it. And I'm just trying to get more people to see it. Yeah, really fun, terrific short film. I I recommend it highly. Um, you can follow us at the Oscar Should on um, Twitter. The Oscar Should have gone to on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Um, you can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back. Uh, this should go up on Monday, so we'll be back next Monday with 2008 uh, with our friend Alec Wells, uh, Slumdog Millionaire, Milk, Frost Nixon, The Reader, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Megan will be back from Spain by then. Uh, so until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>